0: the official podcast from Chrome Unboxed, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast, the official podcast from Chrome Unboxed. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Hello. And Robbie Payne. What's up? And uh, for today's episode, we're doing something a little different. We are going to strictly talk about Neuralink. Yes. For the the entire episode. And Zelda. It's probably going to be about a two-hour episode of nothing but Neuralink.
1: And all of the weird things it makes me feel. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. I don't even know what to think about it just yet. I'm... uh, Yeah. It's...
0: like, I've, kno- I've known about it for a long time. Like, he's been talking about... I'm yeah. sorry, Elon Musk has yeah, been yeah. talking yes, about Neuralink, yeah. one of... I think he I think this is, like, one of his other companies, right? Or is he just a big investor? In I'm
1: pretty Neuralink. sure he's a big investor. Right. Um, it seems like Neuralink's been at this for a while, a while yeah. and now he is... I, I haven't looked it he's up, He's found the tech and said,
0: boom, we're going to do this. Yeah, he's, so he's, he's probably helping fund it, it and yeah. help
1: pushing it forward, because obviously he is concerned yeah. with... AI and our humanity. Yeah. What's going to happen to us when AI gets to the point that it's uh, inevitably going. So,
0: yeah, it's, uh, uh, we're just kidding. We're not going to talk about this today. (laughs) Other than this, I, I, I thought this would just be a quick little thing, but, uh, yeah, it is actually insane. So, yeah but we, uh probably we, not worth our conversation per, right now. Per, exactly. <laughs> I really need to process this a bit more. So, yeah, what I I've known about it forever, but it's like it's becoming real now. Yeah, like, they they kind of made
1: that had a big uh, press conference kind of yeah. thing Joke's and really on showed you, it already exists it's yeah.
2: all <laughs> yeah. there.
1: Yeah, uh, they're saying human trials 2020. Yep. Um, yep. but you know, the beginning oh. part of it'll be interesting watching them. Be able to maybe cure Alzheimer's and yeah. spinal cord issues, and like mm-hmm. that could be some crazy stuff. But yeah, the long term, if you've not looked into it, yeah, uh, Neuralink, yeah. check it out. Look up Neuralink. Just maybe just, get on Twitter.
0: It's uh, yeah. everywhere. <laughs> take take a breath. You'll
1: yeah. you'll dive deep. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, actually, let's talk about some Chrome OS things. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what our uh, listeners are maybe more interested in. I don't know if you want to hear an episode on Neuralink. <laughs> let us know. Maybe maybe we'll do that uh, as a spinoff. I mean, <laughs> sure, we're gonna have to do a little research. It's yeah. just gonna it's just gonna be us just sitting quietly most of the time, just like yeah. <sighs> okay, so all right, um, my brain's connected to the internet. All right.
1: I don't yeah. I don't know okay. what to do with it.
0: All right. No. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Stadia. Let's talk about Stadia. Yeah. That's so much this more is, fun. This is so much more fun. Like, <laughs> let's ignore all the humanity stuff. Yeah. <laughs> let's just talk about the fun things. So Stadia, for those who do not know, this is Google's new game platform. Um, this is a streaming game platform that Google is rolling out, and it looks like they're just gonna kill it. I mean, they are just. I, th- I, th- I think Robbie, you just said. All- 4,000 developers already signed up.
1: Yeah, so a couple new pieces of news came out around Stadia. And again, if if this is your first time listening and maybe you have never seen our YouTube channel or you've never read anything on our website and you've just in general not even talked about Stadia before, uh, in general, this is Google's streaming game platform just like Joe said. And it's, it is this uh, different way to go about distributing and playing video games. And Google sees it as a massive... Uh, market to get into and so this is how they're getting into it and the coolest part about all of it and the reason that uh, we feel that it's down our lane and it's going to be something that we talk about a lot is because prominently um, chromebooks are the ones that are going to benefit from this most and i say that because um, game streaming the way that google's doing it and the way that other companies have tried and kind of failed but it looks like google's going to pull it off uh, benefits low-powered machines. So mm-hmm. Chromebooks, obviously, you don't buy a Chromebook to game on it. But if Stadia does what it does, and you're in a place where you know you have decent internet connection and you can leverage cloud gaming, then any Chromebook now becomes no a gaming rig. Required? Yeah. I mean, yeah. In anywhere you no are,
0: just consoles. Yeah, yeah. Click
1: the link. Go start playing the game. I mean, it's going to be pretty awesome. Comes out in November. Uh, but, yeah, the new couple new pieces of news that came out. One was what Joe just mentioned. 4,000, uh, already 4,000 developers have applied for Stadia. So when, when we talk about, you know, Stadia as a platform, it's important to remember this is not them hooking up a PC, for instance, like uh, NVIDIA has done with. like They're the ones, and we did a video about this on the YouTube channel, but they're the ones that really... Captivated my mind when it comes to cloud gaming because everything I tried before was terrible. It was just, it was unusable. It's not something I would pay for. And it honestly isn't something I would use because the games I prefer to play are things like PUBG or Fortnite or, you know, first person shooters yeah. that require split second reactions. Now, it's worth noting that your controller, your brain, the way it's wired between your eyes and your brain, like there is lag everywhere. So, it's a matter of minimizing the lag enough that we don't really notice it, and so Google apparently has done that with Stadia, and Nvidia, to an, to an extent, has done it with um, um, GeForce, GeForce now. now. And we talked about that in the video, and have used it. and As long as your internet connection's strong, it's it's staggering how good it is. But the the games are limited, yep. and in general, what they're doing is basically spinning up a Windows server with Steam on it, um, and it's just an interesting kind of thing that they're doing because it's it's kind of a bolted on situation kind here, kind of a roundabout way of yeah. doing and it, it, yeah, and it works. But there are times I've been playing on the Shield TV and the the game exited and you see the desktop there for a second, then it's like <laughs> oh no, no. You're like the the illusion has been lost. <laughs> you just saw the server desktop. It was real weird, and it's like, and I had to just turn it off because it got stuck on. Yeah. But I didn't have mouse control. It's real weird. That stuff's not going to happen on Stadia because. While GeForce Now is a service uh, that, that NVIDIA is working on and, and, and doing a good job with, Stadia is a whole different beast. Yeah, it's a service, but it's also their platform. So imagine Xbox, or imagine PlayStation, or imagine Nintendo Switch.
0: Are building games for right. the platform. It's, it's a platform.
1: Yeah. This is a thing that developers will build their games for and be able to take advantage of special use cases in. So Stadia is, yes, a streaming service, but it's also a platform. So it's, it is Google's Xbox. It's Google's PlayStation. It is those servers and the way that they're made are made in a particular way to be a platform for developers to build for. So now they're saying... Not only, because every developer is going to have to tweak their game and make it work for it, again. So it's not just, hey, we'll just take our Windows game and throw it on Stadia. It doesn't work that way. Now, from what I'm reading, it's not difficult for them to port them over and to make the tweaks they need to, but those tweaks have to be made. So developers, to an extent, and we're going to talk about a little bit of you know developers being interested in things and why that matters later, but developers need to be interested in Stadia. And so for them to put out that four thousand plus developers have applied already like we want in we want part of this tells me this is going to be legit and google has not said they're going to let all those in it's just four thousand and it's still open more are coming in and so they're they're doing real peer reviews with humans you know to to see um whether or not these these companies kind of have what it takes for Stadia and, and have the chops to develop and make their game right because Stadia is going to offer some different stuff. I mean, we've seen that already in their, their keynotes and stuff where like multiplayer and multi-camera stuff like that you just can't do on consoles because when everybody has to share their camera and their stuff, then now you have to re-upload everything that's coming down to your console that's sitting in your living room. Stadia doesn't have to worry about that. Right. Everybody's playing on a console that lives on the same cloud server, so it and it's way bigger than your Xbox. Yeah. that's the problem. <laughs> and way more powerful. You know,
2: most your average game PC and all those things just can't handle all of that.
1: And, and you start thinking about latency and download, upload, and stuff. It's like okay, like I don't remember what game it was that they've showcased, but where they showed the camera, everybody's showing their own camera. Oh yeah, oh, that so, was like that, one of the Tom that, Clancy's. yeah, it was one of the new Tom Clancy's. Yeah. So the point being, in in real military warfare, like in a heads-up display, you could see another soldier's heads-up display. So they're like, hey, look what I'm looking at. Do you see that? I can't tell you the number of times when we play PUBG Mobile. That would be of such benefit if I could look over at Joe or Gabe's camera and see what they're seeing. when they're like, yeah, that house there and that, that, you know, it's the one. across the street with the two things so, in it, the window it, it's 15 degrees from me we have well, I'm yeah, three but I'm, miles from you well, I'm, I'm over here <laughs> and a couple degrees is a big difference like that building and i'm i'm scoped up on this wrong one building and he's looking at a different building like to be able to go here look at my camera yeah. as if you know you had a heads-up display yeah that, like, that happened
2: yesterday i threw a grenade in a garage and like that's not the I right building like, what hey, are you that doing was,
0: that was <laughs> the wrong building game yeah so not even that was you're you're on the wrong side of the map actually so think, <laughs>
1: about, think about what that takes though for hardware to do that so you would have to be recording your screen and while playing the game also uploading a live version of what you're seeing on your screen for me to then download on mine that's insane amounts of bandwidth and and tax to do it live right to be able to do it in real time (laughs) stadia gets around like sure the machines are strong and they're going to be able to to handle any of the computational stuff but i don't think that's even the the limitation for most gamers most times stuff like what we just talked about the issue is bandwidth like upload bandwidth would have to be insane for you to real time all three of us and that wouldn't just be us three it'd be everybody else in there too wanting to share their cameras Stadia gets around this because everybody's playing on a console that's on the same network, basically. So the upload-download thing isn't a thing. We're all tied Tapped into... into the same. Imagine like a yeah. monster you know, city-sized Xbox yeah. that we're all plugged into and we're all playing. The upload-download thing isn't a big deal because... That's not really happening it's all happening internally in stadia server so i mean what what you'll be able to do as a game developer is pretty insane and probably there's stuff that we haven't even thought about that when we play the stadia version of a particular game it'll have features that you won't be able to do on other consoles and that's that's a big deal and it it requires developers to be intentful and and mindful about what they can and can't do in stadia but it also requires them to be interested Mm and invested in this whole thing and that was part of it that I was like, "Well, they've shown a lot of games, and that's cool, but if everyone's not really on board, I don't know how this will do." That fear is pretty much assuaged at this yeah. point because Damn, it seems like everyone got a, wants got a few in. People. Apparently, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so you've got you've got game developers now, and then the other news that came out is if you purchase a game within Stadia, are you going to be able to continue to play that if? Right. That game goes away or is no longer supported, and they've basically nipped that in the bud too, and said, "Yeah, look, you, if if you buy a game on Stadia, you're going to be able it, to play it, playable indefinitely, right? Yeah. Right um, now, it, it it might not be available for purchase it, at some point in the future by other new right downloads or whatever, um, and it might not be supported, but you, you, it's yours. You've bought it; it's yours right. in Stadia. So
1: it's, yeah, it's so it's no different than I went to GameStop, bought a game, that developer went under." You exactly. know you they don't make the game. Xbox games anymore. But I still have the game. I can still plug it in and play it. The online community might fall apart. It may not receive any updates or patches. But if I like it, still three years from now, I can still play it. You know, people get really bent out of shape about this, and I'm not a hardcore gamer, so maybe I just don't fully understand. And you know, I'm a type uh-huh. of person that I like streaming stuff, so I stopped collecting CDs and albums and stuff. Like I, I enjoy just having it all at my fingertips instead and paying a monthly fee for it. So different strokes for different folks but you know there are a few video games that even when i get into them that i'm still playing three years later or two years later or one year later it's nice to
2: revisit some of those games but honestly the classics if you can find an emulator for those so right i don't have i don't i don't own a console i have well no that's not true i have a 64 somewhere <laughs>
1: and like because. but honestly are you yeah are you really that been out of shape whether or not like I did I had a 64 Dude. I don't know where it is and I don't care that much other than a the nostalgia there's some really good golden
2: eye ports out there I don't have to dig <laughs> that stuff out and yeah
1: yeah really I mean so there's some kids games we play on the on the Wii still like Ooh. that you know certain use cases I get it but in general you know I loved playing through the newest Zelda on switch
0: I played Excite Bike last night for wow. uh, hours. Yeah. It was so much fun. Me and my buddies set and played Excite Bike. Nice. Yeah, so it's like it's fun to dig that stuff up. But it I is. mean it's it like is.
1: but in general for every single game that I ever right. play, I kinda think I could care less. And 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 maybe part of that is too because I play more video games now on my phone or my tablet than anything else. Like we have a Switch, I just don't play it that often. So PUBG is the dominant thing in, in video games for me and it has been for gosh over a year now. And I don't take, I don't own a physical copy of that game. Like I own hey. the right to play. If PUBG fizzles out and goes away, like that game's gone. Oh yeah. man. It's gone. Like if they shut up and just said, you know what, we're done. We don't wanna anymore. Please don't, by the way. Like I don't have the right to go and be like, No, that game's mine. Like, what am I gonna do with it anyway? It's all based around an online and, and so many games are based around online play. So the minute the game developer stops supporting it, like
0: Yeah. It, yeah it's
1: it done didn't, anyway. It wouldn't cost you anything to download it. So, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm just not married to the whole like I right, yeah. if I buy it, I wanna hold it. And like but some people are and yeah. they get so it's really good. upset about right. it. So it's really yeah. cool that they said, you know what, you bought it it's yours um, yeah. for the for the length. It doesn't assuage the fear of Stadia going under, right? Uh, but that's a whole different yeah, a whole different conversation exactly. so, as well.
0: So so for those that that don't know, you're going to pay a fee to have Not Stadia. Not necessarily. Not Okay, yeah, so, that's right. Because you can do in, the free there's a free theory, yeah. Uh, I think the of base, 2020. Didn't they call it the yeah, base
1: will come out 1080p support, I think okay. is all it goes up to. Uh, and so, you can
0: still buy games in there yeah, yeah. and play games.
1: Okay. So the the idea is the base is you buy your game, you play it in there. It's so you get a free console basically as long as you use their service. Which is pretty dope when you think about it. Like you you're it's like them being like, "Hey, if you want to use Xbox, we'll just give you a free Xbox." Like okay. that's mind-numbing. <laughs> I mean, it's <that's> pretty mind-numbing. <laughs> what you're paying the $10 a month for is to go up to the possibility of having 4k 60 frame streaming dope. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. for me, like at first it, that won't matter at all. Ten eighty p on a Chromebook is going to be plenty, but eventually, yeah, but like, you know, here, I'd like here to be able to pop it up
0: here in the office. We've got an ultra with the, four K. Yeah, that'd be TV. really nice. Yeah,
1: So that all of that would be really cool to take advantage of. Um, and then you get free games along the way. Yeah, so there'll I,
2: be there'll be certain titles that are free. With the with $10 a month. Yeah, thing. and I'm not sure what I, else. Yeah, we
1: don't really know how much content you're going to no. get, but you're going to get some free. Like Dino Destiny 2, they're basically, that's the poster child right now. Like Destiny yeah. 2, you'll get the game you're and all the download. All the con- expansions, all everything. And, so and, and that if you jumped in month, on
2: the founders founders edition Mm -hmm. like we did of course you get the controller you get a buddy pass to share with somebody so and an ultra right yeah Yeah, and an ultra oh yeah yeah, i mean it's a a decent deal altogether.
1: (laughs) but for people that are like i don't want to pay a monthly fee for stadio cool don't just wait till february and get the free version and stream at 1080p and that's so enjoy your games uh so you're really the only the only risk you take at all is that google would just you know, Google it up and cancel Stadia. Somebody made a really great point, though. and Gosh, I, think was, I just
0: don't know. I mean, it, was a, I mean, who knows, it was in but. a
1: comment section on, on our site. and um, I've been actually meaning to write an article about this because I think it's a great point. I need to research it a little bit more, but off the top of your head, name a paid service that Google has canned, one that you actually pay for, which you don't, we don't pay for a ton of Google stuff, but name a paid service that Google has gone... Uh we're canceling it gone. I I I can't think of one. The revamped drive.
0: Oh <laughs> my phone is my phone yeah, is trying ask, to tell ask, me. Ask, Let's just see what ask Google. Google. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> word choice she is gone okay that's all right. what it says. there gone. we go all right um, yeah
0: i don't i can't think of any and that's really interesting And that was their point that's interesting
1: google cancels free stuff all the time google never cancels paid things
0: and they're just so it seems like they're so invested in this
1: yeah right. this one feels different than most ventures that google has done and they said they've been at this for what three years yeah. i think yeah. so this isn't like a, a fly by night thing and again you got to remember like people get upset about Google canceling stuff and i we do too we talk about it all the time you know rest in peace allo rest in peace spaces. spaces you know google plus was garbage by the time it left anyway but you know there's there's all these things that if they don't reshape them and reuse them, it's it's sad, you know, that, to see your service go away. But then you have to remind yourself you were using it for free; free. It, you didn't pay <laughs> anything for it. And people get so mad about a free service going away, like you weren't paying anything for it. And yeah, you can make the argument that oh, I'm paying with my data. Sure, yeah. um, I guess. Yeah, you're paying for your data anyway. <laughs> well, no, people are saying like they have my personal data, It's well, that's I'm the product. Yeah. Okay, sure. But in this but system, to do it right in this system of you know our personal info driving the engine that allows them to give you a bunch of free services. You know, we all kind of opt into that. We all decide that that's what we're going to do because there are options around it if you don't mm-hmm. want to do it. So I don't really buy that whole argument either. And so Google's offering things that don't cost you anything on a monthly basis. So we can't get that mad when they cancel them. It's still annoying. Don't get me wrong. It It really annoys me. But when they do things that they sell, you just don't see those magically disappear all right. of a sudden so no, like i'm looking through stuff,
2: the, the google graveyard right now and I, I haven't found anything yet and there's a ton of stuff oh, there so there, so by the way stuff. if you all have never visited this so site, much software uh, so many g services. cemetery google that that's g great. cemetery that's funny
0: yeah.
1: yeah so i i'm not saying that stadia will never get canceled i'm just saying that as a paid service it's not something they would do quickly like they've done with some of their software pieces yeah, like they, that they, are they, free
0: they will, they will go above and beyond, to not cancel it. If It's a paid yeah. service, yeah. and people are paying money to use it. Like right. They're exactly. going to do everything in their power to keep it up. Like right.
1: I mean, they, yeah. they could have looked at Pixel 3 sales. I mean, they clearly were taking a, a hit with the Pixel 3 in general. So they could have looked at Pixel 3 sales and been like, this is tanking, this is terrible. And if they went straight Google on it, they'd have just sold their stock and moved on. Like, ah, we're done. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah, Pixel Slate. Right. Eh. It's yeah, not here anymore. Mind. It's gone, yeah. you know. And and they haven't done that because those are again those are paid things. And so, right. um, I just I just don't see that being a thing. I it, that would be equivalent, I think, to saying, oh, you know, who knows? Google could just cancel G Suite. Yeah. No one's saying that. Yeah. Like no one's saying that G Suite's just gonna. Oh, I want. I bet Google might cancel it. I've never heard anybody try to make that argument. It would literally be the same thing. You've got a, a base of paying customers. That helps them. They just opened
2: their entire cloud platform to every competitor in the world. I don't think they're going to do that. Right. Ever.
1: So, I don't know. It's the same thing. Like, once people get invested and people are paying a little bit for it, Google isn't as quick to pull the trigger. I'd I'd be
0: curious to see how many people signed up for the founders.
1: Yeah. It'd be an interesting stat for them to share. Because I
0: bet you there's a lot of people. Uh I had friends of mine that, you know, are our are, are hardcore gamers messaging me whenever the announcement came out, you know, and, like, just because they know I'm associated with, with you know, that we do all this stuff. So, there are people genuinely, like, interested in this. Yeah, and for yeah.
1: all the haters, what's funny is, like, the first couple of weeks after that keynote, there were so many, just so much hate about, like, the YouTube, and I get it, people were trying to get clicks or whatever, but all the YouTube channels that deal with games were just like, Oh, yeah.
2: This is gonna fail. This, this is, is so gonna stupid. Be and there, there's
1: still plenty out there. Um, but, I I don't know if it's for clicks or what the what the impetus is for wanting to respond to Stadia that particular way. While it won't be for everyone, it is going to be pretty massive. Right. For on
2: the flip side of it, I've seen people, Kyle Bradshaw, for example, who know a lot more about some of this stuff than I ever will or ever care to. And he's excited about it. Like he's already challenged me to a death match on Destiny when it comes out. But nice. I mean, so the, this is legitimate. This is truly legitimate on Google's part. And yeah. as Robbie said, I just cannot in any universe imagine them saying, "Eh, we're just going to pull the plug. It's just not going to work."
0: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make a clickbait video on you on our YouTube channel. Yeah, going to be called I'm "Why Stadia is Going to Fail," <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna basically prove the point that it it won't fail. Yeah. it's yeah. gonna be great.
1: Oh people are yeah. gonna love it. Uh, I'm glad you clicked in here. Yeah. We wrote the title and published the video and then we couldn't find any reasons. Yeah, we went through so. every
0: logical uh, example and join us for up. a game of PUBG. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's right. Yeah. So. Hopefully is one of those four thousand. Oh, yes, not please. PUBG, but who Tencent? No, because that's PUBG Mobile's done by Tencent. Uh, um regular PUBG. The Bluehole. Blue Hole. Blue Hole, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think PUBG is a company now too. But the the dude that made PUBG to begin with has ventured on to other things mm. uh, He's making he's working for stadia he's, he's making more games maybe now. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of game developers and, and you kind of mentioned this a second ago let's let's kind of switch gears here um you wrote a re- really interesting article this past week uh on our website chromeunbox.com talking about roblox and how the game developers at Ro- roblox have really kind of done it the right way they've they've built their game for Chrome OS and you can use it without a touchscreen, and it's a good experience. And so yeah, to tell folks a little bit about, you know, Roblox and what they did and what they maybe did differently.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I can't speak about Roblox as much as some other people probably could cause uh, the game just annoys me, frankly. Um, not, I don't want to hate on the game. I just, I, I don't care for it personally. Um, but it's a it's a cool concept that people are able to just kind of use this universe and create games inside the roblox framework but more importantly uh what roblox as a company has done is chosen many months ago maybe over a year ago um i remember them coming out and just being real straightforward with this that they were going to add chromebook support and by doing that it wasn't just hey we're going to make sure that the game will open on a chromebook but they're like hey we're going to there were actually some giveaways two times, I think. If you were a Pixelbook owner, you got a special... Skin, like, uh, yeah. uh There's some wings that my mm-hmm. daughter still puts on her little character every once in a while that you could not get anywhere else unless you had a Pixelbook. Like, they did some specific stuff with with Google on that, which was really neat. But in general, they just kind of adopted this uh, open arms policy to Android on Chromebooks. And um, you see it pay off. My, my daughter has a, a cheap phone uh, that got, it got broken. Um, and she used to play Roblox on that, on that phone and it's doing all kinds of wonky, crazy stuff right now. And so she also has one of the Chromebooks that we've had at some point in time. I think it was my wife's old Chromebook. So, uh, fifth gen Celeron, uh, Broadwell Celeron Acer Chromebook 15, no touchscreen, just, you know, good old Chromebook and it gets along. Okay. You know, 14,000 maybe on on Octane so in, in no powerhouse by any stretch of the imagination fire up Roblox on it and she's playing you know with, with no issue whatsoever and it's not like oh I can get by with this because kids are adaptable you know right. they can play their game they'll you know well I can't do this but I can do that I'll just do this But none of that. It wasn't just like, oh, I can't do this, so I'm gonna go switch to this little game. No, it's like
2: playing on a desktop PC. I mean, she was just in it. You
1: know, and, and had no issue and enjoyed the game. And matter of fact, now it's to the point where she would rather play it on her Chromebook than her phone. She's like, I can see everything so much easier and it's easier to move around and it's easier to interact and all this stuff. And all of that is because Roblox made the decision some months ago to go all in on Chromebooks. And it makes sense for them as a Mm -hmm. company. I mean, they cater more towards younger folks. Younger folks have Chromebooks in front of their faces at school. We are seeing this all the time. We constantly have parents coming to us and be like, what Chromebook do I need to get for my kid? I want to spend this much money. What's the best thing I can get for that much money? I mean, it's constant, a constant flow of this. And so what's happening is exactly what we've talked about is going to happen. Kids get used to Chromebooks. They want a laptop of some sort at home. Guess what? They're going to ask their parents to get them yep. a Chromebook. I mean, it's this is not rocket science here. I mean, we all grew up with Windows machines at school. When you got to college and went to go get your laptop for school, there wasn't really an idea. I mean, you could have gotten a Mac. Not, but, Joe, not Joe. They all had Macs. Yeah. Joe, Joe's. The idea back had Macs. then, though, like well, I remember being in college, the idea of even thinking about buying a Mac for school. Ludicrous! I mean, the stupidest thing you've ever heard of. No one had a Mac. There were not Macs anywhere. And so, but we all grew up with Windows. That's what we were used to. And so that's what you went to shop for. And so the same phenomenon's happening with with Chromebooks. And Roblox sees it. And they see it and they say, okay, cool. You know, all these kids are going to want Chromebooks. We already have our, our games already on that platform. Why not take the few extra steps? And I'm not a developer, but... Watching I.O., they make it pretty simple, it seems, like, here, add this and do this, and then boom, you know, your your app is ready to work with Chromebooks and take advantage of keyboards and trackpads and large screens and touchscreens and all that stuff. Take the time it takes to, to make that work, and now guess what? You just opened up your app to countless millions of users that w- probably weren't going to use your app to begin with, maybe on a phone. And I, I'm speaking more not, not to games here, but to productivity apps, video editors, uh, word processors, email clients, take a pick, whatever, anything that would work better on a big screen that's already an Android app, take the extra steps to make the interface look good on a big screen, take the extra steps to make sure your keyboard and trackpad supports there, because it's already there, like all of that stuff, Google has made it, they're like, here, all you got to do is take it, all you have to do is use it, and Roblox has done it, and they're they're reaping the benefits from it, and the whole reason for the article is like hey everyone else it's been long enough now like android on chromebooks isn't new this isn't like huh i never knew that like everyone and their brother knows that android apps run on here so fix your apps like i get it no one wanted to buy into tablets for whatever reason like everybody just ignored android tablets but chromebooks are here to stay Right, and, so, and it's
2: it's so weird it. to me because Google has already moved on, and they're they're pushing, hey, develop your Android apps on Chrome OS. We've got Linux, we've got that. Right. They've already moved on, and the, we're all sitting here like, come on, developers, get on board. Right, I mean, that's great that you can develop them on a Chromebook. It should be that way. That's awesome. It's great for the ecosystem, but you've missed the big picture of i mean even from a from a business model standpoint, how much revenue are you missing out on by not having your games Because if a game exactly. doesn't or an app period doesn't work well on my Chromebook I'm not gonna use it no period and the fact but is, if it does work well and there is in app purchases or subscriptions or something like that and it's something that i'm gonna use or something that my kids like guess what you're gonna
1: get money from me right i so, mean it's it it it, it's mind-boggling, and whatever the phenomenon is around Android development and this phone-only exclusivity mindset that people have, like I don't know what it's going to take to break free of that. Like, I, is it
0: just is it just resources? The I mean, fear of the tablet, yeah, maybe because I, the yeah, Android and tablet? it is. I mean, it's
1: more resources. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. saying they just flip a switch and everything sure. will work, but. The pieces are there already it's not like it's a mystery or you have to solve it or anything you just have to put the time in to to do it and then market towards that audience and maybe google could be better about i don't know figuring out ways to to market that kind of stuff but i think what it's going to take is a handful of larger app developers like roblox is a great example but some larger app developers have millions and millions of downloads millions of users Showing up and doing something unique, um, like I think Roblox is again a good example. But I think whenever, even though Adobe said really soon, really soon, we're still waiting on Premiere mm. Rush. Good thing you I know. didn't hold my breath. Right? I mean, we'd all be dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but eventually, say Premiere Rush rolls out in the next month or two, you know, and it shows up, and now all of a sudden you you get to see people doing something that you didn't before on a Chromebook, right? Like some of those big hitting developers showing some love for this form factor that already make Android apps, um, I think could help assuage people a bit. Uh, Yeah, honestly, it it
2: would because of the way Android on Chrome OS rolled out. It was such a broken thing. You know, they announced it; it was premature. It's it it was a mess. We'll just call it a mess because it was. So you don't really get a second chance to make a first impression, but. It would behoove Google to round up Push some it. big hitters yeah. and do the same thing that they did with Stadia. Stadia, if for any for no reason other than they debuted it with these big names on board. Yep. Get some big names on board. And don't do just do whatever to say, hey look guys, we really want you all to, to consider Android apps on Chrome OS.
1: And we've got these guys behind us to show you what it could look what like. What it can yeah. look like. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that would be awesome because it's not just getting people on board and it's not just ironing out kinks, which they've done a really good job yeah. at this point. Like, it's relatively seamless at this point. Like, I don't really think too much about whether or not something will run technically on my Chromebook. It's more about is it actually going to be optimized and be worth using on here? Which normally the, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not on Google anymore, so what do they need to do? And part of that, I think, is almost like a relaunch, almost a, a re, you know, hey, in case you forgot, you know, we botched this the first time around, honestly, and it's not that they've redone anything. They've just spent, what, seven, no, 17, 18, 19, 22 versions of Chrome OS later, it feels like it's ironed out. It's 53. So when it showed up. It yeah. took a little
0: time. 53. Took a little Took a little time. And we're
1: on 75. Yeah, yeah and so, it's,
2: it's to the point that they've lost a lot of Android users on Chrome OS sure, because exactly. it, was, it wasn't ironed out. I mean, yeah, it's like right. buying a car and dealing with garbage gas mileage for two years until they get a fix it's for something. it or right. something. Like, I mean, yeah, eh. it's, a, it's,
1: it's not a good way to do business in any way, shape, or form. And so now that they've got it fixed, it's almost like they haven't really advertised it much at all. You know, maybe it's time to re-advertise it again. You know, re-bring it to the forefront and like, hey, this is a big deal and it's worth getting a Chromebook to do this on. But like Gabe said, like they need some heavy hitters in their corner before they do that. Like You don't just show up and go, yeah, it runs Android apps, great. It does. But most of the Android apps don't take any advantage of any of the, the, the hardware qualities here. So it's like, mm, do you really want to advertise something that it, it works, technically, but is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still at this point with the Android app selection for most people, e- enabling the Play Store isn't even worth it. Yeah, right now, and that's right. a real shame. Yeah. That it should so, be fixed.
0: So, if you are a game developer or you're in the game industry, uh, give us a shoot us a comment. Uh, uh, just go on the website to this oh, not, post. Not even just the game industry. The Android. Yeah. App or industry. yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. Just any 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 developer let us let us know in the comment section, like, what are the barriers, you know, like, what, right. why, why, it, it, you know, the resources or whatever it might be, let us know yeah, what's I, I holding mean, you back. Yeah, uh, I'm ooh. genuinely curious. Um, and, and, you know, I think this is, this is kind of, uh, I, I think, maybe our contribution, right? Like, let's, uh, let's at least initiate the discussion, maybe. Yeah, because uh, we don't want to come off as right. like, oh, this is just flip it's a switch. It's it, easy. You know, yeah. we, we
2: get it. We're not developers in that sense. And it's. But we'd like to know. We'd yeah. like to know yeah, yeah, yeah. what what's the hold back, the what's holding up this progression. Yeah. So. And if, I, if
1: I were to wager a guess, at this point, it would be just genuine. There's, I, I don't care. I think it's users, right? I mean If people
0: aren't using the Play Store on their Chromebooks, right. why would we put resources to right. developing for it when when no one's doing it? It's like right. so. I, so I Google
1: think really needs to compile those numbers. It. They need to come up with those numbers and they need right. to get that in front of developers to be like, Hey, look. I don't know what those numbers are but you're missing out on a potential new market. 5 to 10 million user market yep. over here, yep. you know, cuz let's not forget last year Chromebooks overtook MacBooks uh, from shipping numbers to be the number 2 operating system that's sold right now. And mm-hmm. so those yeah. numbers aren't just vaporware, you know, it's it's real numbers, it's that it, these are realities and so ignoring them eventually is going to come up and bite you.
0: Yep yeah but let us know let us know uh, go to this post i say this post but where if you listen to this podcast on our website uh this is going to be episode 19 right yeah yeah so so go to the website chromebox.com search for episode 19 of the chromecast and leave us a comment uh because we'd love to hear from you so we're going to take a quick break uh for a short ad and we'll be right back This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord. N O R D. All right, everyone, welcome back. We are going to discuss a couple things before we wrap up here. And the first, I want to talk about some of the cool new features coming to Chrome OS. All the uh, all the fun things you you can do with your Chromebook. One of which is uh, a change to uh, the passwords on your Chromebook and like the security. As, as I guess I'd just be password security. How you access your passwords? So yeah, that's fair. Correct. Protecting your passwords. Your passwords are protected even a more little now. more. Yeah. I would just like
2: to like to say before we get into this, I did not know this was new. Robbie informed me that it was new because it was not new to me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because you, that's you do living, all this. living in a gold mine. Seriously, though, <laughs> when Robbie said something to me about it, I was like, I don't know. I like seriously, it feels like it's been that way forever. But then I remembered my Chromebox has been on. 77 for weeks so it's been <laughs> on 75 for months yeah and months yeah and months. so
1: yeah the idea here is really simple and it's just one of those like why in the world wasn't this a thing before kind of thing because uh, in general Google does autofill with Chrome this isn't just Chrome OS this is Chrome um, across the board so if, if you're logged into Chrome with your Google account you go to a site you've been to it can it'll autofill that Username, password, login. No big deal. Um so if, if someone's logged into your device, um, this doesn't change any of that. So if somebody gets access to your Chromebook or your Mac or your Windows device or your phone and they're in it, they're moving around the interface, and then they go to a web page that like your bank and then you have autofills it, turned on for it. It's still going to autofill. Like this doesn't change any of that. So please do not hear this and turn off like screen locking or do not turn off no, biometric security. Do not turn not. off passwords, like lock your devices when you walk away from them, all that stuff still applies here. None of that, none of this changes any of that necessarily, except whenever you do autofill, Like if somebody had access to your device they could they could work some stuff out while they got your device but eventually you're going to probably walk back in the room or you're going to find that device eventually and figure out that somebody's been messing around with something in general that's where that um if you want to call it a hack or whatever that that's where that would end Um, but up until chrome 75 if they were smart enough to just open the settings in chrome uh, especially on desktop like the phone's a little bit different it's a little more wonky to get into uh, yeah but they're,
2: they're they've added it to the top of the yeah keyboard now so that's and so, a thing so yeah
1: anyway any of them now whenever you go to that password manager in Chrome used to it would just show you the your entire list you could search whatever so if they wanted into your bank type bank if they knew what bank you were at or if they just want access to your social media accounts to really mess yep. with you they type Facebook, boom, there it is. It says Facebook, here's your username. Click the little eyeball. Click the eyeball. and boom, password shows up. Copy, paste, send it to myself in a text message or email. Walk away, lock the computer back up, and they got you whatever they want. No it's more. Just a smorgasbord, so that's gone now. Um, if they were to sneak up and get into your device because you left it unlocked and they went to that password and they went to go get it, it'll show them the username and a blocked password, and when you click to see it, every time it's going to pop up a thing you have to put in your password and it works for the entire instance of that settings page being open so if i go to click some eyeballs after that and I put in the proper password i'm going to be able to look at three or four passwords or whatever i want to in that instance but the minute i close settings and open it back up and do it again right. it's going to pop that thing up and if again. they have the password to your device then well yeah you're right. just out again, of luck that's that's where it goes back there to you like go. you know, part of this is keep your password secure especially I mean, to the ones to your device, the ones for your main account, your Google accounts and stuff. If you link stuff, obviously, make it a difficult password and don't share that with people.
0: Oh, so you're saying I shouldn't use password one two three?
1: Yeah, Just go with one two three oh, four. Crap, go with exclamation okay, two three four. No <laughs> one p. Yeah, capital P. I'm yep, totally yep, yep. secure. Who use that? Use dollar sign for S's. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Zero for the O and password. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. No is, one guesses is, those this things.
0: Is, this is a weird thing. I change my passwords like every three months for like my Google, my bank, my social media stuff. But like some people just don't. Like there are people that yeah. have just had that. Like they've got their one password that they use and they've used it for. Yeah, and I'm, I'm one yeah. of those
1: that has multiple variations of multiple uh, like, and so well, yeah, I mean that's, so that's kinda what I do. Yeah. I'll forget on on a case to case basis. So I mean, I I leverage Google passwords yeah, a I mean, lot. Oh yeah, yeah, very much, and and I end up being the p- person people come to a lot when they're like, do you have the password for such and such? I, actually, I do. Yeah, because Google I logged saves in it there one time, and I, I saved logged it, it and I told Google to save it. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's just that's been one of the primary reasons that anytime I walk away from a device, I make sure locked a lock screen is there and either biometric or some sort of pin or password is required to get back in because I know that if they're smart enough and they get into my device, you're done. they got it. Yeah. They, you got me. So, and,
2: and we, there was a lot of uh, comments on this and there always are about passwords and Google and all that stuff. Have, hundreds of passwords saved. I mean, I don't, I think at last look, I had like 300 because yeah. we have web websites and all these different things. I've had my debit card breached exponentially more times than I have my passwords, which is one and zero. So, right. It, I I don't know. It's all about safe practices.
1: Right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a cool new feature. I'm glad that they've added it. Uh, The more, the more secure, the better. Again, my, my hope is that one day everything's hidden behind some sort of biometric (laughs) thing. So there's no need for passwords anymore at all. Everything is covered with biometrics, and you don't have to remember anything because you're not going to forget your fingerprint or your retinas.
0: Yeah I just wish I wish that, like other password competitors out there, that you could potentially like create groups of passwords. So you go to that password section in your settings, and there's maybe groups, so you could have like here's all my Social media. Here's all my bank passwords. Here's all these, and they're they're kind of grouped like that, just so you can see them a little bit easier. And then, like, how cool would it be if there's a certain chunk of those passwords that's our Chrome Unbox stuff, like some of the services that we use for Chrome Unbox. If I could save those passwords and then share them with you, you guys. Right? Joe's, a, Joe's a spreadsheet guy, yeah. so and, yeah. I think, I th- and spreadsheets work, but like well, man, how much easier would that be if you just? I'm just if, if, he's, say he's, he's a, already
2: compartmentalizing it. So submit <laughs> a bug report, man. Know, a, yeah, a feature will, request, I will, I will, I will.
0: do it. But but if you, how how cool would that be if it there's be. a vendor that we've just started working with, and I'm saying, hey guys, go. We're using. Yeah, this I mean, LastPass
2: does it already. Right. You have lockers or what? Vaults, whatever they right. call them, and you can share share those whatever loops. you want you don't have to share all of your passwords yeah. if you if you if you manage a group of people and each right. one of them needs different sets of passwords right. you share with so, them whatever you so want So
0: then you go to log in and you've never been to that website before boom passwords yeah. there so, and saved so and brilliant it, and, and, yeah. and then there could be the admin that kind of administers changing those out ever so frequently yeah, yeah i mean just, honestly yeah, it, 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 it be
1: really cool. google could fully leverage this in chrome like it would, right that's yeah. uh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that big of a stretch uh, as part of because if you go to passwords.google.com and log in with your account you can manage all your stuff there too right. so i mean they could start really building out a web service here around it if they chose to it's just yeah whether or not they want to because yeah. ultimately they want you to stay in chrome and yeah. um but i mean that could be a thing like hey Passwords. i can share these with like you they you could, need could brand it get, something get google whatever, chrome yeah. you know and i'll share this this file with you and that allows you to log into those particular things and make it yep. a paid service so they don't kill it there you Boom. go. Um, yeah, just sure. I'm totally joking. Dom. 99 cents a month. Do not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be the uh, the title of this the, this podcast. Please Google, don't kill it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or or it could be or <laughs> or, or it could be uh, let's make all Google services paid so they don't ever go away. Oof. I'm Oof. just kidding. Let's not do that. Don't Every, do that. Everyone good. would love that. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. So uh, other other cool feature, uh, dark mode. All the things uh, we've got dark mode coming to Chrome. Yeah, this has been a
1: long long in in the tooth mm -hmm. a bit. Um, It just looks like there's some uh, dark mode right now is behind a flag. So if you enable it on 75, you can go to the website if you don't want to put yourself through this. uh, Go to the website, uh, chromeunbox.com. Check out the article on dark mode, and you can see a side-by-side of what it looks like right now a lot of times and what it looks like in 77 where they fix the algorithm because – when you think about it, dark mode... This uh, is this is Android. This is Chrome on yeah, Android. Chrome this on is Android not Chrome OS, because
2: believe me, we've been looking everywhere to try to figure <laughs> out. It's still in Canary. Where it's are you? not even behind a regular flag. You can't do it. Don't do it. So yeah, this, this is on your mobile device. Yeah, this is
1: on Android for right now. Um, I guess you could install it on your Chromebook.
0: Yeah, no? technically, yeah. yeah. You could yeah. do it that way.
1: Um, but you need to go ahead and get Chrome Canary to right. get 77 yeah. in order to play around with this. Um, anyway, like... What a lot of people don't realize is the difficulty in putting dark mode on web content is so much different than putting dark mode onto an app. Yes. So, Chrome dark mode is already there. Like you can go to your flags and and type, uh, search for dark mode in your flags, and there's one that just is Chrome Chrome UI dark mode. Yeah, I've I actually mean, got and, it turned on. Right yeah, now. and
2: Chrome OS actually has a theme where
1: it'll right. dark you mode get, your bright. You know, it's yeah. just a skin. Just it's a the, theme. That's right. All pick it the is. pick the dark theme, whatever, and, and move on that's not really what people care about seeing dark mode because ultimately like if on my <laughs> that text- picture looks great by the way i'm sorry to interrupt <laughs> but that is awesome the solarized the washed out pixel um, slate. Solarized. <laughs> so in general like um so google has dark mode on the text messaging app for instance you mm-hmm. have dark mode and keep um, if you go and open those apps and f- flip on dark mode and look at the app what you're really seeing dark mode is the stuff that's the main pieces of the content. We're not just talking about your header and the bottom and a menu. Everything is darkened. But in any app, it's a very um, predictable amount of things that you're going to be viewing. So a text message, Google has to think of, okay, the background for where the text messages are, um, the color of the bubbles that the text pops in, and the slide in menu. Like, Okay, somebody probably wrote the code, the CSS, that drives all that color change, as a guy that deals in CSS all the time, in probably 30 minutes, maybe, you know, and so they write that, flip a switch, boom, there's dark mode, the colors change, it's a predictable amount of content, done, like, nothing's flying into the text message app that you didn't know about, like, you're not going to load up something and be like, oh, look, a whole new UI in my text message, like, it's predictable, so... When we start talking about web contents, it's completely unpredictable. There's no way to know what's going to load on the screen depending on what site you go to. And so, because of that, Google's having to probably leverage a lot of AI, machine learning, and trying to figure out okay, when this stuff loads in, what the heck do I do with it? Because guess what? Some sites are already having black backgrounds and white text. So you can't just invert everything. That doesn't work. Mm. What about the sites that have yellow backgrounds? What about the ones that have blue backgrounds? You know, like you can't just go, ah, invert everything and we're good. That doesn't work that way. It's too dynamic, it's too unpredictable. And so um, the, the first swing was a miss in 75. I mean, they basically, if it was white, it went black and the text was any dark color it went to white so you had this black screen with searing white text on it Uh, it looks terrible in the dark which is what most people use dark mode for Uh, so when you're looking at it at night um, for me like throwing on the dark ui uh, just the the thing that works right now basically makes the title bar and stuff dark when you're looking at chrome Uh, at night like a lot of times this is possibly the nerdiest thing i'm about to say Um, before i might read a book or something right before going to bed a lot of times I'll open up the Chromium repositories and Nerd. yeah, and dig around, um, and then come the one a.m. Right, and then Dave <laughs> the, gets a bunch of text messages. Did you say this? Check this out. Um, and so uh, what's what's been really nice is uh, I don't know. Back in January they added yeah. a dark mode for the repository mm-hmm. Git. Um, so I've turned that on, but laying in bed looking at my phone, the title bar and then the the navigation bar in Android were white. Right. And so it was still, it, it was almost worse that way because it's like, well, crap, I'll the just contrast, leave it all white yeah. and just turn down the brightness maybe. But I flipped on the, after doing this article, I was like, oh, crap, I didn't realize under a flag I could turn the Chrome UI dark. So I did that and now with the dark mode, contents of the web it's this really nice experience if you're in low light situations where you're not blinding yourself and so yeah. that's the purpose i think in general of dark mode some people just like the way it looks but to get the web to work uh, in general to for sites that don't support dark mode basically like it's it's a it's a big hurdle i think it's bigger than most people really think yeah. about it's it's a big deal and what they've done in 77 is pretty stinking good. I mean, our site looks really cool in it. And then what I'm hoping is they'll give some um, stuff to developers to say, Hey, um, if you will add this class, or if you'll add uh, a little bit of this code, you can force certain things to happen when someone has dark mode switched on. Cause I would love to put a white version of our logo if you know, yes. hey, if someone has dark mode on for web contents, load this. Load yeah. this instead. I would love to be able to do that. I'm hoping that that's something that they do. Yeah, in and
2: there If there's not, there should be an API for that. Where I would almost we guarantee put, yeah, it. we write it on our end, and it just says if if this, then that, and that'd be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Our logo doesn't look terrible. But we have a dark gray logo, yeah. so when you get a really dark, dark, almost black background, it's like eh, it's kind, kind of, of hidden in there a little bit, bit. but it did a good job of holding onto the colors and, right. and not because the other one, you know, really jacked up the colors on all our, on our logo. And so it, they've done a good job of, of doing something that until I started digging into this and looking at it, I was like, Oh yeah, this is difficult. Like this is not simple. This is not boilerplate. Yeah, it's
2: not flipping on high contrast mode because
1: no. that who wants <laughs> that to looks act? terrible yeah. too. You know, and that's kind of what it looks like in 75 yeah, right now. It looks like a like, like, hey, color high high negative of the, hey. of the website. And it looks yeah. awful. <laughs> And it's yeah. hit or miss with those images. Some of them get like completely reversed out, and then sometimes they don't. Like I don't, I don't even know what it's doing, but yeah. it seems to have fixed itself <laughs> it's, in seventy seven. Yeah. So kudos it's to not, them for fixing working. it because yeah. that's tough. Yeah.
0: So one other cool feature uh, that that's coming is ambient mode, like a, I don't know, think think you know your your Chromecast ambient mode when you've got your TV on, and your Chromecast is running through some photos, and you get the time and this sort of stuff. So something like that is coming to. Chrome OS, yeah,
1: um, that'll be a, I think a cool addition. Um, I, I wrote in the article that we put on the website that in general I don't stare at my Chromebook with no. when it's locked. Like I lock it when I walk away. So I guess in I don't know. I I, I don't want to like poo poo on it too quick and just be like yeah. I is mean worthless.
2: I th- I think back of having a Windows machine for so many years because I used to just tinker and build my own all the time and. I always had one like sitting in the living room or something where it was, I was napstering music and stuff like that. And it was screensavers were cool, you know? Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess that's kind of the mindset behind it, but again, I'm so far removed from that. I just never
1: think about it. I mean, I guess if I could have one, I would, but it's also, I mean, yeah. And I think screensavers go back to harken back a little bit. I, I started to put this in the article. I was like, eh, I'm not going to do this, but think about, uh, back when computers were first coming into the mainstream, monitors were crt so cathode ray tubes and they took time to heat up you didn't just whoa turn the tv on and it was instantly on yeah it's not a yeah. thing like we're used to led monitors you turn it on it's on done
0: Yeah. sure robbie you Whatever know you say <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, we have
1: a tv that takes that long to turn on what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> um, like my tv at home even it's an led tv and mm. it still takes when i turn the screen on like if i turn the television itself on it might take five Six seconds or something, you know, for the screen to come alive and and start doing something. Uh, And then it looks for the input or whatever. And your TV takes a Mm -hmm, second or two, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a newer TV. Um, So uh, displays in general have come a long way as far as their ability to spin up pretty quickly. It's still not instant. Um, And for whatever reason, like on Chromebooks and I mean, Windows laptops and everything else too, like you can turn the screen off and back on like instant. Like it's not, the, the device can stay in this like sleep state and you know part of that is you know intel working on sleep states and stuff so the chip is built to do it can keep just enough of it on to keep it alive so that when you wiggle the mouse the the monitor just it's like it opens its eyes and it's ready to go right. like there's no warm up period there's no ramp up it's just ready to go and so the need for screensavers now is completely illegitimate there's no there's no need whatsoever for that because when i open my chromebook up the screen pops on i log in and go And then when I'm done with it, I either close it or I want it to screen to shut off. Like stop using my battery to power LEDs to look at something I don't need. Uh, Because used to with CRT monitors, if it took so long to heat up and, and get going, you know, you're talking, I don't know. Fifteen to thirty uh, seconds, yeah. you know, so you couldn't just do that. You couldn't just open it, close it, open it, close it. Like you, would be there forever. We right. couldn't do that anyway, because CRT and <laughs> fit into a laptop anyway. But,
2: but you, you had mentioned in your article though the use case of a Chromebox, and that that I could see because, like, I yeah, I, I, I always have on one. A, a I work from a Chromebox at the office, and I have two of them on my desk, and. Sometimes when I come in, I, I have to look over and see if the light's on because I'm not sure if it's on or not. Did I turn it off? Did it shut down? It's in Canary. Right. Did it crash? <laughs> you know, and if I'm away from my desk for 30 minutes, I come back and I've got a nice little matrix screensaver or something yeah, going because sure. that's the one you have. Uh <laughs>
1: I, but still, it seems so. For Chromebooks, minute. it's going to be weird. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if it's that if, useful. If
0: you've got like a desktop set up and a monitor, right. maybe, and it's right. like up on a stand.
1: But it, it looks like they're working on it, uh, yeah. at least the wallpaper portion of it. But it's interesting to think about ambient, they have ambient display and ambient mode. So ambient mode is what is on Pixel devices. So your your Pixel phone. So right now we we have a couple of phones. They're both Pixels sitting on the table. I can look down right now. I see Joe has some notifications and there's some I can't read it. It's too far away. Podcast but recording. Yeah. So yeah, look. It told him we're uh-huh. doing it. Yep. Um, and so like some of those little bits of information, uh, just a, a, a touch of time, weather, upcoming calendar to know I've got notifications like and my battery percentage is sitting down there like cool, useful things that are there. It's a black screen with an OLED panel, especially this isn't taking up much battery at all because it's only lighting up those pixels for that. That's ambient mode. Um, I don't know that that's coming to Chromebooks and I don't know that that would be a great idea necessarily uh, because, again, you're talking about killing battery life for no real good reason. Um, But we know that there's you know media control widgets coming to the lock screen, so maybe they're going to add some stuff to the lock screen, uh, especially because regardless of whether or not Google's making tablets anymore, manufacturers are making tablets. Uh, are going to make continue making Chrome OS tablets? So uh, maybe for those devices, like I've got a I've got the uh, Tab Ten sitting here on the on the desk right yeah. now with a dark screen. What, what it would be kind of neat if it was doing what the Pixel's doing right now. It wouldn't be as battery conscious because it's not an oled panel so mm-hmm. even if those black pixels are there it'd still have to light it up but so if if it was lighting it up in kind of a, a darkened state maybe like 10 15 brightness and there were some widgets on the screen that were doing something yeah. and there's a wallpaper shifting through I, maybe and maybe all of it's just for kiosk mode um, for mm. chromebooks and Chromeboxes and stuff that end up with the monitor on all the time and have to stay on all the time maybe that's all this is Targeted for and for most people to just be off by default. Who knows? But it's a new thing they're working on for sure. And maybe once it's here, we'll be like, oh man, I don't know how to live without I that. Just I just had just a don't thought.
2: So. <laughs> uh oh, here we go. Y'all ready? I think so. Well, there's this stuff going around about the Google Assistant Ambient Mode. That's true. I wonder what if they're gonna you're gonna be able to do that as well? Because I mean, the commit clearly specifically says it does say show photos in Ambient Mode, but. Are we going to get Google so what's Assistant? The, what's the assistant ambient mode? It, stuff? It's going to show you uh, like Google Assistant interactions on your ambient display on your phone. So I guess like
1: uh, recommendations. To,
2: I, I'm not sure. I'm, yeah, I mean, I can see. Let me read this article real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I could
1: see that being a thing too. I mean, anything they can do to leverage more Google Assistant in places. Yeah, that it's uh, a win for them. Yeah, especially yeah. if I, my Chromebook can be sitting there and I can just interact with that, logging in with some sort of assistant activity, start play music or queue up a video or something like, yeah. yeah, those things could be beneficial big time.
0: Yeah, that could be cool. So uh, we'll, we'll let Gabe keep reading his article. Maybe he can <laughs> chime in again here in a second, but uh, let's, uh, let's switch gears and talk uh, about one other quick thing before we wrap up. Uh, and that's some, some Samsung stuff. So uh, Robbie and I yesterday were sitting and, and looking at the new Samsung notebook. Nine Pen. Did I get the name right? Yeah, sounds it, like, it
1: sounds like is we're it? just talking about a pen, yeah. but that's the name of the device. Um, it, With the pen. Yeah, yeah, Google it. <laughs> uh, Google that and find Samsung's page or their YouTube. It's the new one. Yeah, the so look, 2019. Put 2019 in there. Yeah, just go to the YouTube. You've, yeah. you know, you'll yeah. thank us. Because yeah, they've got a minute and a half it's little dope. promo. <laughs> beautiful Windows machine. Whew, just super beautiful. Um, every little bell and whistle you could want. And the reason I came across this is we're tracking pretty hard like my my interest is is um really kind of honed in on a particular device that gabe found a while back figured out it was samsung a while back Um, and maybe we'll do a an article to remind everybody about kohaku Uh, we've talked about it probably more here on the podcast than we have necessarily on the site Uh, but we know it's samsung Mm -hmm. i found two commits last night with samsung emails all over me this is a samsung device but as we look at the number of features on this device, from pen support uh, and, and an internal pen too, we found co commits that show it's, it's not Yeah, it's not pen. just a pen, pen out and about; it's one that goes into the device. Uh, fingerprint scanner. Um, I'll, I'll let this one out onto the onto the podcast. I haven't even written this up yet. Uh, 400 nit screen. Um, the only devices with a four, well, the only device with a 400 nit screen is the Pixelbook um well technically i guess yeah. hp's gets pretty darn close yeah the x2 which is the same screen and then the there was the one Pluses, the plus and the pro the pro the yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro. uh for whatever reason they always measured a little lower it's like google cranked the pixel book just a What's little this? bit um i don't know i don't know how bright that gets you can test it we play. should we should buy a lux meter uh, we have one now oh yeah we Woo-hoo! did um anyway only the kind of top tier kind of big devices like the the I don't want to say more important because I don't want to say that cheaper Chromebooks aren't important. Uh, but you know, the ones that are going to get advertised, the ones that are going to be in front of people, the ones that are going to be kind of that impressive type thing flagship. Yeah. Flagship is a great word for that. Know, those type of devices yeah. that Kohaku is definitely going to be that, which then leads us to thinking it's probably the Samsung Chromebook pro V2. So the yeah. plus V2 came out months ago. Uh, we're going to actually talk about it in so- just a second, but um, we, we, would assume that's how they would do it, but who knows? They might go a different way. They yeah. might get away from Plus Pro. Th- who knows what Samsung's going to do with branding? Um, the Pro, I, in a, I think, in a lot of ways flopped. Uh, the first one, they uh, unfortunately, yeah, the I mean, the I've got it in my chip, bag
2: right now, and it's but yeah, it's the, a cool it was form it was the chip. The chip yeah, was the I biggest
1: mean, problem. I would not be upset at all if they just re-release that form factor. Yeah, not at all. Just or fix that it up a little bit. Nine pen it. Pen yeah, the notebook 9's dope. It's a thirteen point three inch. Yeah. Uh, and personally,
2: I think they would do well to go to go up from the twelve
1: point three. And I don't remember. Have we uncovered anything about Hatch or Kohaku on their uh, displays? Like as far as like size. I or? just saw
2: one right before we started that just said Hatch with twenty four six, sixteen. Oh, so. that's right. It's in that YAML
1: file. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry, we got a little nerdy there, but. Um, and that that file is hit or miss. Uh, we yeah. kind of figured out, so we're not sure. Um, I could see them doing a twenty four inch two. So yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly the Pixel Book. Yeah. Um, but um, this device that we saw, kind of like when you look at them side by side, it's like, yeah, yeah, Kohaku has that. We know that. Oh yeah, it has that too. Oh yep, got backlight backlight keyboard. Huh. Super bright screen. Yeah, got that. Huh. Well, maybe just maybe these could be a very similar device now samsung to be fair has not done that they don't regurgitate windows devices into chromebooks and they kind of did a windows device that was a little bit like the plus and pro and it's form factor. remember like a year after the plus and pro came out there was one it wasn't exactly it wasn't like the uses but design language was very similar um and then like the plus has come out, and I feel like they stay design wise in a lot of ways. They stay true to the original plus, like it's different in its dimensions and yada yada yada, but design is at a glance. Yeah, yeah it's like you, you know they're tell, in the same family, right. yeah, absolutely. So uh, it, it makes me wonder because this device, this Note Nine notebook nine pin device we're talking about, uh, doesn't take necessarily, it, it looks like its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a gorgeous device, just really gorgeous. Uh, so I don't know if they would. Use that design language, or if they keep that separate. But like, just seeing it—I mean—and it's expensive. Well, they could because this is $1, this $1, is, $1, is $1, a, yeah, yeah, this is a starting seven fanned yeah, processor it's fan too. That was the other thing. Like, I'm Kowaku just like, might, it, it's going to be
2: fan. It, it's fan. Yeah. So they could. They very well could. Like you said, I don't see Samsung because they put so much emphasis on design. I don't see them just slapping it in there. No, no, no. But it very well could be. It the, could carry a lot of that language. The, yeah. The the yin to this is the notebooks yang. Yeah, and there's
1: some mm-hmm. there's some interesting parts about that device. Like it's using the pen that's in the Note 10 or Note 9, nah, whatever's yeah. the last Note that came out. So it's got the same pen. So that like the small battery pen, yeah, so it's Bluetooth, got the, the button, the, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So it's got some of the same tricks. And that's the first time they've done that of using that same exact S Pen. Um, which Man. is pretty cool because if they brought that to Chrome OS, we've, we've proven that those
2: pins do, the you can no, they trigger work. the assistant with them. Right. It's Why cool. not? It it's an it's upgrade from up.
1: the pen that's on the Pro and the Plus. Yeah. So. Um, and the interesting part of all this is that's an expensive flagship Windows device. It's clearly like, hey, this is Samsung's big boy. Like you want to buy a Samsung laptop, Windows laptop, this is it. Uh, it's shipping with 8th gen uh, Intel chips. And we know Kohaku and the whole Hatch family is going to be 10th gen uh, Comet Lake chips. Because so if, cause if you, missed
0: a, you missed it in our, not last podcast, but the podcast before, I think. Yeah. They're just skipping 9th skipping yeah. gen, going ninth. right to 10.
1: And uh, apparently Windows manufacturers are too. Because why would you release a 2019 flagship device with an 8th gen processor? That's last year. Um, so that tells Weird. me Intel clearly just doesn't have their stuff together to... You know, meet the the standards of, of larger manufacturers, obviously, yeah. and so hopefully that means tenth gen uh, will have some of these kinks worked out. And it's just cool to think that, like a Samsung Chromebook, we know it's coming, like could show up this fall like this premium device next to the windows one and actually have a few specs yeah better better like, yeah. that's that really would cool be to think awesome of. we've know? won that yeah. might that might <laughs> be a won. that might be a first yeah absolutely <laughs> it just doesn't happen you know and so it's really cool to think like and so that's why a part of me doesn't even want it to look exactly like i want this yeah. to be like inspiration like holy crap like that is so premium and nice looking and and you know, it doesn't matter what Google does or doesn't make. Like we've got these manufacturers like really buying yeah, in here. Get to this up stuff. and
2: get up on Samsung's keynote, and they've got a fifteen minute long presentation with a video and all this stuff. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah,
1: I it's just don't want them to wait awesome. till. I don't want them to wait till CES. Yeah, yeah I mean, I want still, to see this device, still. but if they do, it'd be a fun thing to be able to cover. At yeah, CES. <laughs> it'll be fun. Yeah. All we'll, <laughs> right, we'll before we
2: before going. we move on to the next thing, we're we'll do something we've never done before. What's up? We'll put you on the spot. Okay. We just please. got a question from Carl W in the UK. Afternoon, guys. It's here in the UK with he's new. In the future. Yeah, he is. He is What's it future. like in the future? Yeah. <laughs> so he wants to know with new high end phones said to be specced with 6 gigs of RAM, I think you can get 12 gigs of RAM on some phones. But, anyways, yeah. Would it be possible to run full Chrome OS on one of these
1: devices? 100% yes. yes. Um, and we're going. I, through, I'm
2: thinking he may be asking, like, like really, right now? can he? Oh, like, nah. I don't no. think there's any way to. <laughs> to overwrite and install Chrome OS on one of these, but... If you figure hey, out... Never potentially never wear. Never wear. Yeah, Do it. Potentially. Make it happen. I, I mean, we these guys got pixels. I've got the OnePlus Pro. The OnePlus 7 Pro would smoke Chrome OS. Yeah, and Sorry, we'll, we'll,
1: yeah. Know, we'll know a whole lot more about the potential of ARM chips, high-end ARM chips on Chromebooks by the end of this year. Yeah. So, the answer for that will be way easier uh, in a few more months because once Qualcomm devices show up... Um, and we get to start benchmarking them, using them on a regular basis and see. I mean, in my head, I'm not saying they're gonna be the fastest Chromebooks in the world, but they're going to be plenty fast. Like yeah. I think we're gonna be like approaching core M three fast. Oh, which yeah. is comfortably fast and you're going to get crazy battery life and all the yeah. other benefits that come yeah, and you can go back over
2: the last three years we've discussed this we've written articles about it we've i mean you can find stuff everywhere where we've talked about this and you know robbie's always had this dream of walking into work and plugging his phone into his monitor and a full chrome os instance running i mean it is possible, whether or not that's the future. I, I don't know. You know, Samsung tried it with DeX. It. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, DeX is still out there. Clearly, going back to our earlier conversation, is not pushing developers to think about larger screens from an Android no. perspective at all yet. Um, and I don't think that many people use it. But the idea, like my idea has always been, um, if Chrome OS can run Android well enough, like why couldn't you just put Chrome OS on the phone? Like it, it wouldn't have to run Android like let me just Mm -hmm. install a launcher you know the pixel launcher gets installed and that only runs when it's in phone mode when it goes to docked mode Mm. that goes away it sits in the background you launch the ash i mean it only takes up eight gigs of storage so i mean
2: most modern mid-tier and flagship phones are 64 to 128 easily Uh,
1: so you put a phone with 128 or 256 gigs of internal storage this new Snapdragon processor, yeah, especially the 855+. plus. Looks, more RAM than the average Chromebook yeah. if you take them all into consideration. So, so do it. Make sure it has 8 gigs of RAM in it. And, you know, give me... If you want to dual boot it, fine. Like Chrome OS starts up so fast. Make it to where when I dock it, it's a dual boot scenario. And yeah. it boots up Chrome OS. I, I don't care. Uh, but in general... I. I don't think this is on Google's roadmap at all, but I I don't think it's out of bounds to think that there could come a day where Google could merge the two in that particular way. Meaning uh, Chrome OS is, is the base running underneath all of it. The Android framework still running on here. Um,
0: The launcher. Yeah. (laughs) So the launcher,
1: the ability to run apps, all that Mm stuff is still running on your phone. You wouldn't know any difference until you plugged it in and realized that Chrome OS desktop's running or You run them side by side in parallel uh, Mm -hmm. because you clearly can do that. Uh, When the phone boots up, Chrome OS is sitting in sleep mode on the side, not logged in, just chilling until you dock. And then at that point, it flips over into that mode.
0: Could you still get phone calls and get all your text messages?
1: That would be the the secret sauce if mm-hmm. they if they went back and forth How between could they it patch it in because yeah. they're getting close. I mean, you're getting to the point where you share text messages mm-hmm. with with your phone, right? Because again, this was half. If it was a dual type thing, it had to be parallel because you wouldn't be able to like turn your phone off. That would be weird. Um, so it would have to be almost a parallel type thing. Um, I don't I don't see why not. I mean, since Chrome OS already has the Android framework in it, they would just have to figure out smart ways to the essentials: your phone, text messaging, which they've already got text messaging right for the web yeah, like you it, even have to push it works that, it's all integrated you know once they tie phones are getting tied to google accounts anyway um we're not too far from that google voice that does voice over ip already like we're not that many steps removed from this being an easy reality i just don't know that google would ever do it yeah um i would love it if they would or figure out a way to where hey I, i've got enough processing power here to run chrome os so even to give it to me in a pinch where I could just plug this in and, and not, maybe not an everyday thing, but it's there if I need it kind of thing would be awesome.
2: Yeah. So uh, if there's anybody from Neverware or FiOS or anyone who would love to partner with us on this, <laughs> we'll
1: scrounge up a phone to experiment with, walk us through it and we'll just try it. Try it. Yeah. yeah I be, mean, you never know. It would be awesome. Cause I guarantee you that as far as from a hardware perspective, can I get Chrome OS to Absolutely. run on here? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean the chipsets that are in here are no different than Cheza that's yeah. getting built. But the, the application. The power is plenty. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so good question. Hit us up. Where, where was that on Twitter?
2: That was on Facebook. Oh, Facebook, yeah, cool. Yeah. So yeah,
0: hit us up on social media, comment uh, on the post on the website. Let us know if you have questions. We'll maybe we'll we'll try to start doing that towards the end here. Answer some questions. Last thing, last thing. We don't normally talk about deals, but we've got one that's just too good not to mention. And it won't go away. And yeah, it is, is awesome. A Samsung. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's like man, that's we're just loving on Samsung here at the end. It's great. Yeah, I haven't talked about uh,
1: Samsung that much. Yeah, exactly. In a while
0: yeah, so we've got a uh, the the Samsung Plus V2 uh, that is on sale. The better version yeah so because <laughs> there's two different versions out there folks in yeah. case you didn't know stealth gray and
2: light type. well mode. not only that i I'm know the difference and i haven't really dug in but i've never seen this 128 gig model anywhere It so I wasn't don't, on best if buy it's prior a best this. buy exclusive that's just come out but it's i don't know on, but this I, thing i've is, never seen
0: it this thing is heavily discounted right now oh uh, yeah it's ridiculous yeah. so the i the, bought one from my mom
2: yeah. if you bought one from that other online style shopping place during a 48 hour sale they may have had
0: recently yeah that is that is uh return it while you can because
2: their m3 was 399 and it was only 64 games there's also a light titan one yeah so we have a video on we have a
1: video on youtube uh just says watch this before you buy samsung plus v2 Uh, go watch that in general in a nutshell there's a version that Amazon is peddling, uh, there's a version that Best Buy has, and that Samsung has, and I think Samsung has both now on their site, uh, and it looks like, oh, it's just a color difference. Not nope. true. Uh, the light Titan one that's a light gray color, uh, the entire keyboard deck is all plastic uh, versus the Stealth Silver one, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. The one that came out originally, which is a much darker, uh, like a gunmetal-looking silver, and it's three quarters aluminum. So you got a glass screen, aluminum deck, aluminum top, and then a plastic bottom. Uh, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but it adds a difference. yeah, Yeah. It just adds to the feel of, uh, the premium feel of the device and the stealth silver one, like has that Samsung branding, like what we were talking about. It looks like it is a, is the next version of the plus the original plus this new one like it, the body's even different. Like when you close it up, the whole thing has kind of a pill shape. They don't to look it. the same. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. it's really go weird. You, yeah. You can yeah, see yeah, the, video. the video, uh but it, it, looks cheaper. It costs about the same amount of money. Uh screens and keyboards are the same, but you know, like there's no reason to go buy that device, especially when Best Buy's had it. God, it's been two weeks now yeah. on sale. Uh, and, and the initial ones came with four gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of internal storage and the Celeron processor, the, uh, uh non fan celeron processor um there is a light titan version with the core m3 which is what i highly recommend it's a huge bump in performance um but the they still had 64 gigs of internal storage and this one just popped up 128 gigs of internal storage four gigs of ram it's the stealth silver so it's the better build and
2: it's weird because best buy usually they've had some exclusive devices like there was an exclusive c302 from asus and some different things this doesn't say it's an exclusive, but when you search the model number, it is nowhere. It's yeah. not on Samsung. It's not on any of your crazy third-party sites. And if you remember, yeah. when the V2 first came out, we had found that, that website that listed all the... I think it was a yeah. a it was a, like a, a green certification that, that devices have to get. And there was all these different model numbers of the Samsung. And we're like, what are all of these? So may, maybe Best Buy does have yeah. the exclusivity on this one, but... But, but yeah, I mean, it's all definitely of that, the way to go.
1: This is this is the best version of this Chromebook. Period. Yes, there's no questions. Yes. The best version. This is the cheapest one you can get too, right. because it's three ninety nine right now, discounted down from what six six at ninety nine. Yeah, so it's already deeply discounted that way. And if you are a student, you have a student in your home, or you have a student in your family, like anyone signing up for a student deal especially for elementary or grade school kids takes about 10 seconds yeah. and you yeah. can add it to your account and get a student discount it's not that big of a deal and that knocks uh, off an additional yeah, $50, 50 bucks right now so uh, and that, that that deal may go away the other deal may go away tomorrow we don't know but it's been around for a little while now yeah. and it's it's worth mentioning because like when chromebooks reduce price like this it it just shines a different light on them uh, and it's not just this chromebook other chromebooks too where at six hundred to six hundred and fifty dollars, I mean, you know, the, we really put it under a microscope, and it's like you better you better step up. Which is, people say this all the time, but that, that's just not true of Windows devices. If I go spend six hundred bucks on a Windows device, I, I I'm not that expectant that I'm going to get this premium
0: no. thing. No, right, I mean, the am the, assuming the there's going to be a nine some, pin we just talked about is twelve hundred bucks starting start, price, yeah. yeah, the
1: lowest end one. So yeah, they had a model on on their website that's eighteen hundred dollars. So don't. Don't feed me this whole like you know you can buy a premium Windows laptop for six hundred dollars. No, no, you can't. That's just not true. But in Chrome OS world, people expect premium designs for that six to eight hundred dollars. I mean, it's just that's just the expectation. So, as they leak up into that price range, we really have to look at them from a different perspective. We have to look and be like, ah, that trackpad was a little weird, or right, that screen's not quite bright enough, or yeah, that hinge isn't just perfect. But when they drop down to $350, man, you get a lot more forgiving. You're like, this thing is great. I love
0: everything about it. It's so cheap. (laughs)
1: And I was just kind of like, ah, Samsung plus V2 is okay. You know, it's all right. At $350... Stinking awesome! It is the go-to. Like right now, this is the one that when somebody's like, "Well, what should I buy? I want to spend like three or four hundred bucks." yes, yeah, hundred percent. Until if it goes you, off sale, get yeah. Because we,
2: we've talked about it, and what we recommend eight gigs of RAM if you're going to be doing some heavy computing or whatever. And that's the only drawback of this device mm-hmm. and the Dell as well. The HP X360 is it's on offer right now too. So it's it, with oh, the student, we stu- yeah, it? with the student deal, it's three ninety nine. So if you're really wanting power. I mean that's that's probably yeah those the extra way to eight go. gigs it's worth fifty bucks to get the the core i and the eight gigs of ram you lose a little bit of storage but you're getting a really a nice device and so
1: yeah it goes back and forth like the Samsung benefits from I think having a better hinge uh, it's got a better mm-hmm. screen panel on it um, and like the, the having the pen in the device like that we were gonna think about maybe talking about that I don't think we're going to do today but you know just having a pen in the device it's no different than the idea of a you know the the best camera you own is the one that's on you you know always the best pen experience you have is the one that's on the chromebook i can't tell you how many times i've thought hey you know maybe i'd use the pen for this and i don't yeah. even know where, where my Pixelbook pen is where is it because yeah, it? it doesn't attach yeah, it in code my bag. Anywhere. it's Duh. probably in my bag over in the other room <laughs> forget it i'll just type whatever you know versus yeah. the, the the little tablet here the acer tablet you know it's the pen's just there, and yeah. if I think about, like, "Ooh, this would be a cool spot to take notes," or I could draw on this, whatever thing. Boom, just pull a pen out, and go. And I don't care that it's not the most comfortable Did pen in the world. I just
0: like the fact that it's there. It's you've there for you've me. Got a, you've got another case on this thing. You're just yeah, finding all the different cases that make this thing. It was like nine like, bucks. You it, it, just you just want to use this. I know you. Doesn't it make just, it much better? It does. This is like the this is like the iPad feels folio a little more iPad-ish. thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, we won't get into all that, but yeah. man, Acer Tab Ten, Snapdragon eight forty five. Boom. Take my money, yep.
0: Take All my right. money. Don't change anything <laughs> else yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe give it some more RAM, but yeah. Honestly, take my money. I same would buy same form it. factor. You fine with the form factor? I would factor? buy. I would buy it just like this if you yeah. swap the processor. Yeah, I, I would too. Yeah, because yeah. it would be amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, but, folks. Well, hey, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Thanks so much for tuning in and, and listening. This is a weekly podcast that we're trying to do. So make sure to check out our other episodes and tune in next week for another episode of the Chromecast. So folks, thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll see you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunboxed.com forward slash podcast. And if you wanna stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome